Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. We will be chatting about the films that we are screening from September 11th through the 17th, 2020. Already halfway through September, sort it's of. almost Halloween <laughs> month, <laughs> the, month-a-ween. The, the schedule month-a- is halfway through <laughs> September, but we're not, I guess. Some people are doing this thing now where it's like 60 days or 61 days of what? horror movies. So they do September 1st to October 31st, or probably to November 1st. I think they probably sneak one more in. And all like a horror movie per night, I guess. Not me, though. Like I'm, And I'm me, so you understand Like I would be into that. But Does I'm, it have to be movies you haven't seen before? I don't think so. I think it's just... And I, I struggle with that every year, because every year I, I try to do ones I haven't seen and just catch up on stuff, because there's thousands. But then every year I'm like, maybe I should do a like a rewatch type thing. And then I get closer and I panic and I'm like, no, no, I, I should watch new stuff. I shouldn't watch old stuff. It's just this never ending battle, I guess. As desperate as people seem for new content. Remember like when we were in the real trenches of lockdown, which we kind of still are. But <laughs> when we were in the real trenches of it, people were so panicked about running out of stuff to watch. There's no such thing. Because yeah. like, even if we run out of new movies to screen... The stuff that's doing the best is our retro stuff. Yeah. I mean, everybody, no matter how much of a movie nerd you are, you have a list of big-time movies you've never seen. Yeah. Everybody does. Every once in a while, something will pop up on Twitter, one of those of the 80s sites or... Oh, something here. I thought it was like people in the lobby. It was ghosts. That was weird. It was the people under the stairs. We don't have stairs for people to be under. Oh, oh wait, no, true. there are in the heller. Yeah, there's there's not, like, we can go under them. Yeah. That would be fun. Why haven't I ever thought of doing that? I think that's a good, if that's, there's a whole other topic, but <laughs> I find that Heller really needs to be in a horror movie. I don't know if Lee ever, like, worked it into one of his films, but. I think it's been in a short horror film at least. Yeah, but someone it... made, like, a little short film. Okay, because I was like, it's like a total Evil Dead type basement. Oh, for sure. Sort of. I mean, if you don't go into it, it is. A couple of my little fake nieces and nephews were here recently and noticed the door to the what do you call it like the poster room and the and and the fridge so it's like if you're <laughs> facing a fun name for it no if you're facing the cinema to your left is the candy bar and there's a scary heller underneath that heller right. cellar and then to the right mm-hmm. is where you flip all the switches to turn on the power yeah, by the men's room basically yeah by slash under the men's room and izzy my little niece was very funny and she she said i'm brave i want to go down there and they were kind of disappointed in that it wasn't all that scary. You're like, yeah, yeah here's a fridge, here's a microwave. That one in particular is not scary. Like, the Heller, I could see... Well, there's, like, bodies down there. I mean, like, mannequin bodies. Yeah. That's still dead, a body. Dead clowns. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, like, that's just what we know is down there. It could be anything buried under it. We don't know. I'm trying to hype it up a little bit. That's every basement, though, depending on the house. My mom lives in Centertown. And her basement is one of those kind of scary, unfinished Heller mm. kind of basements. Just for storage, essentially. Storage of bodies. But that's most basements. And hers is actually old school. It has like a thing that you would drop potatoes down and stuff. Oh, wow. That's fun. That's like a thing, right? Like A potato cellar? So I think if you were like farming outside, then you could just like put all your produce. Like a shoot kind of thing? Yeah. Potato shoot? Yeah. Okay. Our, like, the it's last... all blocked up, but it's there. Yeah, that uh, last building we lived in had the same thing, and I didn't really... I thought it maybe it was for, like, coal or something. I don't know how old... Could it's be. an old building. Like, it was, like, 1800s Victorian mansion. Like, it, it sounds better than it was. Like, it was a cool building, but... We were out in Moncton visiting friends. Some friends of ours run a really cool Comic-Con out there, and because they're cool folks, they get some real A-list talent to come to Moncton, <laughs> and it's this real annual 
point of joy for nerds in Moncton because yeah. there's not much to do there often. There's an old... This sounds like just waiting for a horror movie, but it's an old slaughterhouse, like an old, Ooh. but humongous, like the size of a high school or something, this this enormous place. But now it's been completely in the process of being renovated and it's offices and stuff. So there's artists in there and, you know, whatever. I don't know if there's like, you know, there's an accountant in there and a lawyer in there, whatever. <laughs> so it's just this big space that used to be a slaughterhouse that is now really nice looking offices. The thing is, though, if you go to a certain part, it's unfinished and it's not like bloody and gory, but it's still kind of weird, giant rooms where I think the meat would be hung and stuff like that. That's amazing. Leatherface is the accountant. Well, you know, I had to do something. It's super super creepy. It's super duper creepy. That sounds fun, though. And like if any place is going to be haunted, this place is going to be haunted by cows. Yeah. As a vegan, especially, you're just like, man, I really sympathize with this (laughs) particular. It's as bad as if it was humans, maybe. But yeah, it's so weird when a place like that gets completely redone. Yeah. Where once upon a time, it's just blood and guts of cows going yeah. through on a daily basis. And now it's a nice, posh office space. Man, and it's amazing, like, that word conjures up so much. And it's funny because, like, literally this was happening today. But my wife's favorite book is Slaughterhouse-Five. Okay. Which is not gory or horror or anything. But I, I bought it for her on our, our first, like, for her birthday, like, the first year we dated. I already have it! <laughs> she actually didn't. That was the weird thing. And so she just found it at her sister's place, you know, just on the bookshelf. I don't know how it migrated there, but she brought, stole it back, I guess. And it, there was an inscription kind of thing from her, like, that it was from me. And she's like, I don't remember that. And I was like, oh, yeah. And so I just, I remember telling her that, like, I was like, did you see the, the movie? And she didn't even know there was a movie. And what? I remember seeing, like, a clip of that when I was a kid when I was like, oh, Slaughterhouse, you know? And, like, you go to watch it and you're like, what? what is this? It's like a war film. Like, this isn't, there's no Slaughterhouse in here. And it's just, like, it's weird even now when I was looking up that stuff and, like, doing a little more research. Because there is an 87 movie called Slaughterhouse, which is, you know, like a horror or movie. Or Slaughterhouse Rock? Slaughter, there's Slaughter, oh, yeah. And Slaughterhouse Rules is the newer one, too. But, yeah, Slaughterhouse Rock. like Or Cider, no, that's Ciderhouse Rules, isn't it? <laughs> no, but there's a newer one. It's a, kind of a spoof of the title. Slaughterhouse like Rules. Simon Pegg and the other guy. You know the one. Nick Frost. Uh, yeah, Nick Frost. How I was dare you say forget Edgar Nick Frost. Frost. I was like, no, 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 it's Edgar Wright. Okay. I got all the names. They're in weird orders. But, yeah, just just to say that I'm just it's, – it's so funny. I have that clear memory as a kid when I was first getting into horror, like, big time. And I was like, oh, Slaughterhouse. Oh, what could this be? And I was like – what this isn't this is nothing and then it ended up being my future wife's favorite book that she just refound you're my future wife yeah and she was <laughs> so it's like you know it's not the best story but you know you said slaughterhouse so it's your fault i remember watching that in one of those movies you watch in grade 10 or 11 sure. english yeah like and, fahrenheit 451 and of. same thing being like yeah, this isn't very slaughterhousey <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it's like it really like lends it's just that word is so it's so funny like and it's just Mostly from Texas Chainsaw or something like that, I guess. But. And it brings to mind the books that they make you read in high school. Yeah. I, I always remember being, back then, being like, can we read a happy book? <laughs> like, like, everything was, it's so weird. Like, it's Slaughterhouse-Five. Like, 1984, for sure. Yeah. Which has happy parts in the middle. Animal maybe? Farm. The dark Shakespeare stuff. It's Brave always New World. The dark Shakespeare stuff, not the happy Shakespeare stuff. Yeah. What else? Um, uh, we read the Chrysalids, which is kind of a deep cut, but uh, oh yeah, 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 that one was like very sci-fi and like I can't. I, they must have made a 
movie or TV version of that. I don't, I don't know. They did Day of the Triffids like a hundred times, but I don't know yeah. if they ever did Chrysalids. But it's weird. They make kids read all the sad stuff in high school. Yeah, why is that? We're sad enough in high school. <laughs> Especially like these days. It's like, well, are you still making them read these? Like, I mean, are we? what's a happy like offset? I don't even know. Cruel Jaws, the novelization. Yeah. <laughs> like we can, now that that's a novelized, they can read that. But It's so funny you bring up Cruel Jaws because I was saying before we started rolling that there's a Twitter site called Tied In Film that I really like. And it's, it's one of those real basic concepts where it's just this guy has a giant collection of novelizations and he just posts the cover of one. I don't know if it's once a day or a couple times a week or whatever, but Cruel Jaws just popped up and I'd never heard of it before. <laughs> and I tweeted and I was like, well played Cruel Jaws because that's clearly a ripoff. The cover is that iconic Jaws looking shark. Yes. <laughs> And it's called Cruel Jaws. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. And that one has an alternate title of Jaws 5. But, like, obviously they didn't really use that. I mean, that would have been, like, overseas or something like that. I don't think that one was ever sued. I could be wrong. I know Great White I think it was was. made for TV. Okay. Is it old or new? It's from, like, 1995. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've never heard of it. I forget who directed Bruno Mattai. I think it was Bruno Mattai or or Mattai or whatever. He was this Italian director who made ripoffs. He did what's it called shocking dark which i think we showed that, here that one's great though which is like That's aliens fun. meets terminator yeah and that one had the alternate title of terminator 2 which it obviously wasn't terminator 2 but before like, terminator 2 yeah exactly so it's it gets it kind of gets weird just like you know zombie 2 you know and it's it's all oh that's the most confusing that's its whole zombie 2 which is also zombie well it was in the the heyday of the blockbuster years where asylum like it's a great business model of just something's coming out in six months or a year and we know it's coming because hollywood movies big budget ones take forever to shoot yeah so in the next month or two we're gonna knock off we're gonna write produce film and edit a movie (laughs) maybe not right maybe not right yeah (laughs) and the first one i remember was snakes on a train oh yeah and i remember being in a video store and seeing snakes on a train and then a little while after that researching the company and it was Transmorphers. Yeah, that's a good one. And I mean, title, not not movie. I think Predators or Terminators, like something as simple as an S. And they on did the like end. a Pacific yeah. Rim ripoff, I think. Atlantic oh, yeah. Rim, I think. It's yeah, called. yeah, that is, <laughs> which is hilarious. I love the titles. And then whatever, like that, right around that time was the Exorcism of Emily Rose, mm. and I think they just did the Exorcism of a different girl's name. Yeah, yeah. But it worked because you think, you know, especially when it was really going. There was a Rogers video and a Blockbuster, if not multiple ones. Like in Ottawa, say there was like five Blockbusters and five Rogers. And in every big and small city from coast to coast and down all the way to Florida, there would be at least three or four in the major city. And each one of them would buy one copy of Snakes on a Train. And there you go. Yeah. Like Now I think they're mainly on the sci-fi channel in the States. Yeah. I think they still produce one original film a week, and yeah, it's a lot kind of, of Asylum stuff. That's the new gimmick, like especially during Shark Week and stuff like that. And, yeah. You know, they would just have the one new one. Yeah, one. Well, it was the same with the Christmas, the Lifetime stuff, I guess, all right? Which like, is crazy. <laughs> Do people watch these? They Someone. must. I mean, it's like some, unironically. Well, in pandemic <laughs> times especially, like I think more people are watching. I think even if someone's tuning in because they like romantic movies, mm-hmm. you know, they know they're not great. They're reading them in the same way that your grandma read Harlequin for sure. Harlequin romance novel. Harlequin? No. Harlequin. Harlequin, yeah. yeah. Harlequin. 
We've been watching Harley, a lot of Harley Quinn. We've been watching a lot of Harley Quinn, Harley so it's Quinn. getting confusing. To Harley my brain. Quinn romance novels with so, Fabio on the cover. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. yeah, he's on every cover, pretty much. So those criticism movies, you know, my friend who works on film crews here in town, she's already worked on one in the current in COVID world. Right. Her crew went back and they knocked one off, and mm. it's going to be on TV this November December. Yeah. And I think like Winnipeg does a lot of them. That makes sense. It's basically. You know, you get one kind of C-grade TV star. Mm. You write it by a ABCD. Like, yeah. But yeah, like they would stop making them if they weren't making money. So. Yeah, and it's hard to say like with when it's direct to TV and it's built in advertising revenue or whatever you want to call it. You know, yeah. it's like how can I don't they think it matters. If, I don't think it matters if anyone watches them. No, I that's, what, that's just, what I mean. Like they can't fail yeah. really. Like it's just what do they have to even be like? Well, you just do the math, right? Like say. TV shows don't have this many episodes anymore, but back in the day, oh god, Star Trek Next Generation would do 26 48-minute episodes a year, 45-minute mm-hmm. episodes a year. 26. Nowadays, most stuff doesn't get over 8, 13 episodes, yeah, something like that. Which is kind of great, to be honest. Yeah, but so imagine that from that point of view. Instead of doing a couple of romantic TV series, like Law & Order style, but romance... <laughs> They just do these movies, and yeah. one movie is the length of two episodes of a TV show. It's all the same film crew, so you're just swapping out actors and locations, really. And I'm sure, I bet you if you line up a bunch of those shows, you'd be like, that's the same church that was in 19 other of these movies. <laughs> well, it's funny because like they're filming two right now in Almont, but one is one of the like psycho best friend, and oh, the right. other one is Christmas one. And I just oh, love it's that. An- it's another... Uh... The boy she met online kind yeah. of thing. Like, I think they my, even my husband is a psychopath. They're or? all like the same movie. Like it's the same thing for the Christmas stuff. It's just like they have the thriller template and the Christmas template. But like the interesting thing about the Christmas one is that this is the first same sex couple that they're oh, doing. Oh, that's cool. So lifetime like single white doing... female ripoff. Yeah, well, they've been like ripping that. The movie. They've been ripping that movie off for years. Yeah, and, and that's another one that I think they did a sequel to, direct to video sequel. If I'm Probably. not mistaken, I think there's a single white female too. But and, but there's all these ripoffs. Of, yeah, it's our hand that rocks the cradle, like all those hand like, the rock. Yeah, ones. and the tie that binds, which I think is the same. The people who brought you the hand that yeah. rocks the cradle. Even like fatal attraction, like it's all just like you know. Play misty for me, man. That was, that was, well, uh, that that was the first one, and then from there it was all you know, fatal yeah, attraction. Fatal yeah. attraction was enormous. That was a, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure it. by adjusted for inflation, it's probably like. Made 150 million bucks back then, which yeah. is the equivalent of 400 million now or something. And there was so many that like obsession and like all those movies. Even the last like couple of years, I feel like there's been a few of those where it's just like, oh yeah, and and not even like direct to video ones. Yeah, like yeah, like, they they, 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 they get budget, a little theatrical like, release and they sure. make a bit of money and like, like the Beyonce one, you know, which I think was obsession. with Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah, so you know it's good. I mean, <laughs> I love that. I love, well, I love both of them, but it's it's, funny. it's the really attractive psycho. It's all attractive people. And yeah, it's yeah. like the really attractive yeah. psycho <laughs> woman or man who, you know, starts stalking the protagonist. Yeah. It's nice at first, but then uh, they start to get a little bit crazy. Yeah. Just, oh, well, hi, oh, this person seems nice. They can be my roommate or they can <laughs> they can be my housekeeper or yeah. they can. Well, that's another one, too. The, like, the housekeeper. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The no, the, the there's a couple the movies. The nanny. That was one you didn't there's even There's the like, nanny. You didn't even no, mean there's that, the, the we just bought our dream home. But the owner's a oh, psycho, yeah, and he yeah. doesn't want to like, give it up. There's oh, yeah, like a yeah. couple of those movies. There's something, some movie uh, that came out. The Intruder just came out that with was, Dennis Quaid. Yeah, yeah, and that he plays. It's like Dennis Quaid unhinged. So it's like that's good. Unleashed. I guess. Yeah, 
I did, that one, like, I almost picked that for Bad Movie Night, but I couldn't tell if it was, like, I don't know how much scenery. Like, does he go full cage chewing the scenery? I don't know, you know? Like, is it worth my full time? Full caged. Yeah, uncaged, you know? He hasn't done one of those yet, I guess. Well, there's actually one uh, with Gary Busey called Hydra in the House. That's much more likely to be a Bad Movie Night. Where <laughs> it's, he lives in... The, he lives in the attic of this family home. Okay. Like he's a squatter and he, the family doesn't know he's living in the attic. It's a documentary. And he yeah, idealizes, even a movie. He, he idealizes the family. Like he, it's like that. I want the perfect family. Oh, okay. Like so the it's stepfather. Bit of stepfather, bit of bad yeah. Ronald. <laughs> yeah. I want the perfect family or, oh, have you seen, <laughs> we're going down a real rabbit hole here. I'm loving it. The paper boy. Yes. No, yeah, I, I know that, but I haven't seen it. That's a Canadian uh, production. It's, it's this kid. Again, like psycho the, the Mikey type the, thing. Yeah, yeah, I want the perfect family. He's the paper boy. He meets this divorcee and her little daughter, and he, you know he starts spending a little too much time with them, getting a little needy, and and then they realize he's maybe not right. Marky <laughs> Mark did one of those. Fear, is yeah, fear, fear for kind sure. of like that. Yeah, Which like, is like fatal attraction with the genders reversed. Why can't we just have one where it's like, you know, they end up being the nice person they seem to be? You well, know? That, that's <laughs> genuinely every romantic comedy is just one little rewrite away from that because yeah. imagine say anything where the teenage girl looks outside of her house and there's a guy on the front lawn with a boom box and she and instead of peter gabriel in your eyes it's like um marilyn manson or marilyn something <laughs> <laughs> or if it's just, if it is peter gabriel but then she refutes him and then he goes crazy or like, what about Bob? Like, what yeah, about yeah. Bob was a comedy, but could have easily been about a crazy... It's comedy and horror are very close. Yeah, yeah. Very close. Yeah. You could have done... Problem say, child. Say nothing. That's say the, nothing. That's the horror version of it. <laughs> <laughs> it writes itself. Every romantic comedy is just one page rewrite away from being a crazy horror film. Yeah. Especially all the John Hughes stuff, all the somebody's a nerd and then takes off her glasses and she's not a nerd anymore. Well, like You know that movie... Uh... I can't believe I'm bringing this one up. <laughs> I actually kind of uh, uh, Elizabeth Town. Okay, oh, yeah, 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 which yeah. I kind of enjoyed when I, I saw I it, even it though it's it probably is not well very he, good. He was miscast as well, I think. Well, what's funny about that movie? What's crazy about it is that it's Kirsten Dunst who basically she basically stalks the protagonist. She's stalking Orlando Bloom. Yeah, she's stalking him, but she's so cute and charming yeah, that yeah. it's okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is kind of unsettling. It's like she she always knows where he is. And, yeah. Yeah, she's a flight attendant, so she's able to like just. She move she literally stalks him, and it but it's okay because it's this Cameron Crowe movie that's yeah. you know charming and romantic. <laughs> yeah, and I, like that one, like I really wanted to like, but it, and yeah, it's funny you say that because she's like the best part of that movie, but is problematic. But then he doesn't have a lot of personality in it. He's just, I mean, I like Orlando Bloom, but like. Is he a great actor? I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. But, you know, he was very good in Lord of the Rings. Not as great as the guy trying to come up with shoe designs that has a stalker fall for him, I guess. <laughs> and that's a movie around. that... I've seen that movie and I forget that movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like Cameron Crowe, but I don't remember that movie at all. It just came and went kind of thing. I love Almost Famous, but everything after that, I think kind of, you know, he never... Yeah. I, I kind of, Like, he did that movie with uh, Emma Stone, which apparently wasn't any good. Aloha. Oh yeah, jeez, I forgot that existed. And then I he just... tried to do a TV show. Did he? Was it vinyl that he was involved yeah, in? Yeah, and yeah. that kind of got canceled really. No, fast. he did like roadies or roadies. Roadies, roadies. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's you know, and and that was a cool premise. Like I thought, 
that, on paper that should be amazing, but yeah, I don't know if he's just. Well, like, he did a, he did a David Crosby documentary that's actually really good. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Over there, there's a whole pile of them. <laughs> yeah, nah, poor kid. Oh, you like my music? <laughs> You're a musician. We can always bring it back to the Simpsons. That's, yeah, that's the important thing. Yeah, I feel like we got a uh, we got off topic there. We were really just never, talking about never. What were we talking about? We were talking about the. Well, I'm I think it started Jaws. with Asylum. I, cruel Jaws. And also, I have a niece, Izzy, as well, which oh, I yeah. was going to put. I thought that was interesting. That, that, was, that was like two hours ago. That was her being brave and going into the heller. That was her wanting to check. That was like a little kid wanting to go down. Kids are, especially horror films, scary stories, you yeah. know, like not all kids, but kids are cool with kind of scary, you know, Halloween, like Goonies or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, especially like I was, I was of the. The kid age. Well, Goonies isn't horror, but but that weird era where it was like Gremlins and Goonies and just stuff that was still a kid movie, but still. I have a sticker from Kellogg's, like a like a prize from a, a cereal box, and it's Gremlins, and I'm like, wow. So Gremlins was getting merchandise of, hey kids, it's a toy in a cereal box, and cut to the movie, and it's a mum shoving a monster in a microwave and blowing it up and someone dying in a chimney and like it was a really weird era but like a 10 year old can watch that and be like cool but yeah. the parent watches the kid watching that and goes oh my god you're gonna be scared for life it's what my niece was just telling me uh, that paranorman freaked her out which oh, I, I, I haven't seen that. it but like she was saying like it was just like kind of tail end where you know it was mostly okay but there was some creepy stuff in it and i was like eh, yeah could. it was like what about monster house i was trying to think of like references that i could think of and they were like that one wasn't so bad i guess well with these same kids that i'm chatting about we watched the more recent adam's family mm-hmm. which wasn't as good as the live action adam's families but it was still good but it was dark and had like some real gallows humor in mm-hmm. it and real like of the the original comic strip it was more based on that than the the more recent films or anything yeah kids were totally fine with it like there must have been stuff they didn't understand either like probably references yeah. and stuff probably but yeah like i remember i don't know how old i was but i was like a kid when thriller came out mm-hmm. and you know it's weird to look back on now but of the time <laughs> It was enormous. Yeah. And I remember watching that video and I think it was just like a TV special. Like it was tonight at eight o'clock, tune in and watch this presented by Pepsi or whatever. And I remember watching it and thinking it was cool and scary, but it definitely did not scar me for life when I was like eight years old. Yeah. And that was the era of VHS. So I was starting to get to see, I didn't get to see anything like Friday 13th or anything like that, but just the occasional monster type movie when I was... 8, 10, 12 years old. Yeah. And I came through okay. But then I always remember going to see E.T. with like a birthday party. Yeah. Like it wasn't mine. It was somebody else's birthday <laughs> you party. You weren't invited. You I just, just showed up. Yeah. I crashed it. Hey, guys. <laughs> I was eight. And there was a little girl. And I can't remember her name. I remember this poor kid was just scarred for life by E.T. The, like creature, the movie or the creature? I think the creature himself freaked her out. Yeah. But then scenes in it of like... Like the government and the stuff? The government stuff, yeah. yeah. The opening me. stuff. Yeah, and I intense. remember yeah. a parent walking out with her and in years looking back thinking, oh my God, like that summer E.T. was on every t-shirt, lunchbox, <laughs> cereal box. Like she would have had a rough go of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, mine was Mr. Boogity when that came out on Disney. Oh right, yeah, like, yeah. Like that scared the hell out of me. And then I like watched, I want to try, I find it for like 20 years. And then I eventually did, find, I think, I think it ended up being on YouTube or something like that. And it's terrible. Like, it's not scary. I, well, it's hard to put yourself in that headspace again. But, like, it's a very much a family film. Like, oh, yeah. With, like, loony comedy and all this stuff. 
And I was talking to my sister like literally two days ago about that. And she's like, oh, oh we still can't watch Mr. Boogity. I was like, no, you can watch it. Like, because she still has. And it's funny, like I never, I never like talked to her, I guess, since watching it again. But I'm like, that it can really just like de- de- Oh, God decompartmentalize yeah i think i don't know why i'm going there like man that was that was hard to get out but anyways like just the way your brain works and like stuffing that stuff way back there where you just have this feeling even as a grown adult where you're like oh no no, i can't watch that you know with scary memories and all this stuff and and just maybe you feel like you're gonna pass that along to your kids and like was that like a disney tv movie i want to say yeah because like that was obviously the first time we saw it was like wonderful world of disney when you first said it i thought you meant Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas. No, no, no. That, not that guy. He's great too. And yeah. he's not scary, but maybe I could see him being scary to kids. But no, this was essentially like Freddy Krueger for the Disney set. My mom's story. But like less child murders. Yeah. <laughs> My mom's story from this kind of stuff. And I got to ask her which movies it is. But it was something like in the crazy 1960s when like nothing was rated and they did double bill matinees. Yeah. I think she was in Montreal. And it was a double bill of Animated Jungle Book and Village of the Damned. What? <laughs> and it wasn't like really double bill, but it was like, I think of the time they were like, oh, this is a creepy kid movie, but it's kids and it, it's, it's fine. And kids so love kids. to this day, I think it was Village of the Damned. She gets freaked out by a lack of eyes. Okay. So like even movies like say X-Men where Storm just doesn't have yeah, yeah. pupils. Or Coraline. That's her scarred for life from a movie is because when she was 12 years old, she went to a horror film that when you look at from today's standards, there's nothing gory in it. There's nothing. It's just creepy. A is creepy the, kid movie. the John Carpenter remake or the, the original, original black yeah. and white? Yeah, which was, yeah, black and white, creepy kids. Yeah. So I think I'm thinking of the right one where it's like they were creepy children of the corn with, yeah, with no sure. pupils. So that's her scarred for life. Yeah. My dad has one of those too. It was Scream of Fear, I think it was called. And and he described this to me for like, he saw it in the theater again when he was younger. And then it just, he remembered like there's a scene by a, a pool and then a corpse bursts out of the pool or whatever. And he was just like, it scared the hell. And to this day, it still scares him. And so I'm like, well, obviously I got to watch that. And then I did. And it's like, yeah, it's this black and white. Nothing really happens. And it's one of those classic, if we're talking about tropes, one of those classic like, oh woman's like it gets out of the insane asylum and then stuff's happening but is it really happening or are they trying to make her crazy you know like oh yeah yeah it's one of those i think they're trying to make her crazy just to let you know on that one jerks yeah and then i saw the scene and i was like oh there you go and i debated being like do you want to watch it with me but i'm like nah maybe i'll just go this one alone and just in case i don't want to get scared you know and yeah look <laughs> in front of him like he'll think my front is all gone after that Okay, so let's mention the movies starting September 11th and screening through September 17th. I don't want today to go too long because no. Andrew and I are working and I got other stuff to do. <laughs> and we have and lots of other sleepy. movies to think Man, of, Man, it's too. so gloomy. It's that time of year where it's just like, <laughs> oh, it's 4 o'clock and dark out, time for bed. <laughs> yeah, it's chilly, but like sort of not. I mean, it's hoodie weather, but yeah. if you're not prepared, it's freezing. So we have two new, what I would call grown-up movies this week. Military Wives, which is... Of that genre of British full Monty oh, blue collar. With singing. Older women getting their groove back. Yeah. There you go. Another trope that you love. Yeah. <laughs> but is the director of the full Monty. Like they, oh, is so, it? Okay. Yeah. So it's... Yeah. 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 <laughs> ah, all right. Well, that's... They find like a common uh, interest, like a like something to do that... Based on a true story. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been done 
100 times always successful like yeah. always profitable whether it's you mcgregor did one called brassed off oh yeah yeah or there's that you grant one about what is it how to build a mountain how to the uh, englishman the englishman a uh, hell and went down a mountain music and lyrics mountain. and it's always stuff <laughs> loosely based on a true story billy elliot billy elliot yeah <laughs> oh, man. british and you look at day. it and they cost like five million to make and make 50 million like they're always financially successful so that's that's of this genre, military wives. And Sharon Horgan is amazing. Like, I mean, they're both great, but like that show, TV show, Catastrophe. I've her, never watched that. Oh, it's so funny. Her and Rob Delaney, it's it's really, really funny. Yeah, I've seen her in other funny stuff. She's though. in yeah. Game Night, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah. yeah. She's I, just got great timing. Yeah. And then the other one is a French film called How to Be a Good Wife. And Starring Juliette Binoche. Juliette Binoche. Oh, yeah, we love her. And the funny thing is the French translation, and forgive me because I'm the worst at French, is La Bonne Ipos. And I think that translates to The Good Wife. But there's a TV the, show the called The Good Wife. The Good Spouse. So there's, yeah, so there's a TV show called The Good Wife. And I'm wondering if that's why they had to add an extra couple words. Because, yeah, Eric, you know what you're doing. Like, yeah, that would, most have. That would be The Good Spouse, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. So I, I always think it's interesting when stuff gets translated and they have to kind of adapt it. Because if it should be called The Good Spouse, you're like, okay, that's the name of a movie. But somebody in an office, somebody in an advertising firm went, no, that's no good. We got to we gotta say how to be a good wife. We have to yeah. have the word wife in there. Like, spouse is kind of an odd word, too. Like, I mean, it's not, I'm not going to say it's not uncommercial, but it's just sort of like, oh, The Good Spouse. Like, it just doesn't, it's not a great title. Yeah, I feel like no one uses that word anymore. Not really. Not, only or on, never like, forms on. that you fill out. That's yeah. the only It's like a legal word. It. Yeah. Cohabitant. Yeah, yeah. These are all great words. But wait, what's the English title? I forgot already. How to be a good wife. Oh, how to be okay. So they've extended it a little bit, added a couple of small which words is, in there. Which is like I can see my wife being like, I don't like that title. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I think it's of course it's not a movie, it's not a chauvinist type movie because it's filled with women and yeah. made today, but it's it's a period piece sure. of of strong women of the time, and I'm. You seem like you're like. Uh, oh, hey, oh, oh. We would never play such a film. <laughs> you seem our... defensively yeah. promoting it. It's like nobody said anything bad. But... That'd be good. No, it's like super, like a full blown documentary, like anti women shouldn't vote. Like it's, it's like, just like full blown. Really should have read the description before we got this movie. <laughs> so that's our two grown up films. Then we wrap up our Bruce Lee film fest with Game of Death. All right. Which we chatted about before, which is the kind of not really a He's movie. He's not really in yeah. it. Most no, it's like, um, I think what it was, was Bruce Lee was making a movie called The Game of Death, which he shot, I don't know how much footage he shot for it, but then that was put on hold so he can go make Enter the Dragon, which ended up being his last movie, and really his biggest movie, and then the director of Enter the Dragon, Robert Klaus, was like, oh, I'll make Game of Death, and I'll take, because I guess he, he shot that fight scene with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, so they kind so of weird. Yeah, made was- a patch job out of that fight scene and yeah it was like so got a bunch of stand-ins and by the way there is a um it's worth coming to see the uh the close-up of bruce lee which is a cardboard cutout of his face oh man oh yeah in hd <laughs> you can really see the cardboard i'm probably, not kidding i'm not it's you probably that, can it's, it's that i can show it i can show it to you but it's yeah. it's um it's totally shameless oh that's and i think there's footage of his funeral in it too so yeah. weird, like, like so tasteless. Like, the, the, there's crazy. a sequel too. That I'm not does saying have don't come see it. No, come see. It. I'm come, coming to come see, see it. it. You need to see it because it's probably worth it for that fight between him and. Uh, and he's Kareem wearing the jumpsuit Easily. that Uma, Uma Thurman wore, wore in uh, Kill Bill, the uh, yellow with black stripes. It's so weird. 
I feel like you should own one of those. You can see <laughs> yeah. Andrew in one of those just he walking does. in. That's his pajamas. Yeah. Oh, that'd be perfect. No, and there's a bit of footage of his in the sequel as well, but I think that it was all Yeah, shot there's at the a same game time. of death too, which yeah. is like even worse. Oh, even God. even more <laughs> like uh, brave robbing. What yeah. a weird chain of events. Yeah, because only like 20 to 40 minutes of footage that he had shot or something. And they managed to turn that into two full films. And there's there was this small distributor in the 70s who uh, his son was a big fan of Bruce Lee and the Green Hornet TV mm. series. I forget what the story is. Like his son was like, Dad, you should take two episodes of the Green Hornet and release it as a movie. And they went to 20th Century Fox who owned it. And they're like, yeah, go ahead. Like <laughs> This isn't worth this is worth nothing because that series was not big when it was on. It only ran for one season. Yeah. But of course it came out in like Hong Kong and was huge. And you just called it like Kato? Yeah. The adventures of Kato or something, God, you know, like just, that. just take two or three episodes of the green Hornet and yeah. string it together. Like it's a movie. It's smart in a way because like you wouldn't be able to see that. It's not like reruns or downloads or anything like that back then. So it's like, right. that'd be the only time you could have seen it since it was on TV or after. I mean, I see, there's some sense to it, but I don't know if they did a three episode arc that would make any sense <laughs> that they would chop it together. They don't care about yeah, that. Yeah. We're not about sense making. Anyways. So, anyways. <laughs> so then our fourth movie this week is Bill and Ted Face the Music, mm. which is the 30 years in the making wrapping up of the Bill and Ted trilogy. Man. It's getting, I'm a big fan of Bill and Ted. It's getting shockingly really great reviews. I cut and paste a review from Variety over to the website and they really liked it. It got a four out of four star review from Now Toronto. Wow. Yeah, so, and like a decent thing on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a lot of really good reviews and it's one of those movies where I think it took them a while to get here. But the only reason that Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves agreed to do it is because it actually was a really good script, I think. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. So that's a, that's another kind of... And we got it really fast. So mm-hmm. another new film that we have this week. I don't think we can get the old ones for some reason. Like they're out of distribution or it's like... They're I think old. so, yeah. I remember Which we tried to get them a weird. while ago. It was like... I forget why, but it's... I think it's because they're owned by MGM in the States and there's no MGM Canada anymore. Yeah. Damn. That's so depressing. There's kind of a limbo. They're in limbo in Canada, I guess, theatrically. Yeah, because you think that would have been like they're trying to get people to theaters. You think you'd do a triple bill or something or a double bill, anything. Maybe this could instigate them trying to get him back because now it's this one is produced by Orion of all places, mm, of all oh, people. <laughs> I love talking about them. Of all extinct film distributors. Uh, that's really weird. I didn't know there was MGM didn't exist in Canada anymore. That seems sad. I know they've had ups and downs over time, but still. I, I don't and it's know. weird. It means maybe we could get it, but it would cost an arm and a leg. Like yeah. instead of paying Canadian dollars and getting it from a local source, it might be like you can get it from the UK or the States, but it'll cost four times as much. And so it's just it's not worth tracking down. Nah. And you say that as a huge fan. So oh my God, yeah. If, if you're saying that. There was once a while ago where we had the opportunity to get one of the Godzilla movies, but it would come from Japan wow. on film, Damn. which is neat, but it was going to cost $300 to ship, <laughs> yeah. and we had to send it back, and then had to pay a distributor fee on top of it. So I was like, we have to charge yeah. like $30 a ticket. That's at least like a thousand bucks, probably. Like, yeah, it <laughs> more than triples our normal fee. Jeez. So it's just like, and even... Back in the before times, it probably wasn't going to get 325 people coming out to see it. So Sadly. So that's why everything we're getting now is stuff that has Canadian distributors, which is most things. Like, you know, we're able mm. to get Military Wives and How to Be a Good Wife and Bill and Ted. These are all new films. And old stuff like Game of Death and Enter the Dragon were both actually DCP. So actual, like, professional quality digital cinema. Yeah. More and more of that's coming out as well. Because I think, 
I don't. I thought we might hit a wall of running out of new movies. Yeah. But so many movies get made, and they were just sitting around for four months. I don't think we're gonna run out of new movies because it's just gonna mean like we're gonna get Tenet and New Mutants and whatever. Yeah. Like we're gonna have more opportunity, and there's more little movies that didn't get to go to film festivals. And then maybe we'll like. There's a couple of Netflix films on the horizon, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm like, I wonder if we'll be allowed to get those as we did in the past with God. We showed like a dozen Netflix films. Yeah, and all the stuff that just played Fantasia and all the festivals. Yeah. I so mean, I don't think we're gonna run out of new stuff, but if we did, there's plenty of old stuff around. Yeah. Like plus, even on our coming soon, we have Come and See and Peninsula. So those are gonna be in the next couple. And weeks. radioactive. AKA, Trained Abuse on Two is Peninsula. Just to be Electric clear. Electric Boogaloo. I don't know if like. That's one of those weird ones where I'm like, should it have been called Train to Busan Presents Peninsula? Like, is that what it is called? Is it? I don't know. It's called that on the poster, but not. I think when you go see the movie, yeah. it'll, it just it says just, Peninsula. Because it's one just, of those weird things. We're not. Not everyone is like movie nerds like us, where we're just online and like checking yeah. out stuff. And so I feel bad because like. I feel like that's going to affect... Well, God, I was going to say it's going to affect the box office. I can think of another thing that's going to affect the box office. <laughs> yeah. But that said, like, I always feel bad for movies like that because not everything is The Dark Knight where people are like, oh, I get it, Batman. Well, I think that's why they slap it on the poster. So it's, it's yeah. Train to Busan presents on the poster. But then I bet you when you go see the movie, it'll just say... Like, remember they did that way back in the day. They did that Die Hard 2, Die Harder. <laughs> but then you go see the movie and it's actually just Die Hard 2. It's weird, little things like yeah, that. But I mean, they could have just called it Die Harder and people would have gotten it, right? Like, Well, even with Halloween, like more recent Halloween. Halloweener? Like, I think they should have. No, that's not good. It's never too late to die hard. <laughs> they could have called it Halloween on the poster because I get their trick. They wanted to trick people into thinking this is just a standalone film. It's not called Halloween 8 or whatever. Yeah. And then they could have called the movie Halloween subtitle, Halloween Returns. That's <laughs> Halloween what again. That's what they do with it. It was just advertised as it. Yeah. And then the big twist in the end credit was it went chapter one. That's so, true. And that was really fun. Like, I saw that at a preview night, and the audience gasped with anticipation. And they did a really good job of keeping that trick secret. Yeah. So, okay, let's wrap things up because we're already way over. Super long podcast again. I could talk more about Peninsula, but I won't. You can talk about Peninsula in a couple weeks when we get Peninsula. That's true. Is that gonna, do we know if that'll be October or is that still September? We don't uh, know yet. God, that's probably going to be October. Probably, it's within the next couple weeks. So. Okay. That'd be, that'd be cool. That's good. Uh, and, I know, that's... and then Lee is going to get a bunch of horror films. Of that'll course. be in our rotation. Instead of Bruce Lee, it'll be like horror film month. <laughs> so Bruce Scary. I don't know. I got, <laughs> I got another Bruce Valanche, I guess. Bruce yeah, that's <laughs> terrifying. That <laughs> is scary. Hollywood Squares. Yeah, yeah. That's us. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can find us at mayfairtheater.ca on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. By the time you're listening to this, we will have hopped over to our new advanced ticket site with events.com. Won't really mean anything different for you. You just click the link and you'll get over to the right place. Uh, You'll save a tiny bit of money. It's going to be like 15 or 20 cents cheaper a ticket, so that's kind of cool. And really, we hopped over just because it's a local group and a lot easier to deal with, and they really like the Mayfair, and we're actually dealing with human beings. So. We had no complaints about our former system, but just this is a little bit easier and saves you a couple of couple of pennies That's on your advanced ticket price. All Swedish Lo- fish you can buy with that. Local supporting local. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what we do here. And speaking of, you can go visit House of Targa across the street for your takeout and pierogi needs on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday until mm-hmm. the world gets back to normal. Stay tuned. We'll have more announcements soon of other cool movies coming up at the Mayfair. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
We should do an alternate podcast where we read Cruel Jaws chapters to each other. <laughs> we could do that. <laughs> In we no way an, would that be weird. Can we make an audiobook? Oh, I'd be into it. He is an international superstar. They call him a living legend. But the woman he loves belongs to the mob. And now they're out to own him. Don't be a slow learner, Billy. Billy! If they can't buy him, they'll have to kill him. Billy! You don't have too many choices. A final warning. And so begins the game of death. Columbia Pictures presents the immortal Bruce Lee in his greatest motion picture adventure, Game of Death. Starring Gig Young, Dean Jagger, Colleen Camp, Hugh O'Brien, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as Hakeem. It begins as a matter of principle. It becomes a matter of survival. Before and after. Woo! As the undisputed master of the martial arts becomes a master of disguise and the champion of the game of death. This is the final film of Bruce Lee. Four and a half years in production with an international all-star cast. You lose, Carl Miller. Bruce Lee single-handedly takes on an underworld army and fights for his life in the game of death. The final film of Bruce Lee. Game of Death.